0: In the midst of everything that we have experienced in 2020, we can still look back at a hard year and say, God is faithful to show his mercies to us. And we keep waiting for him. And now in 2021, we look forward to seeing what God will do. And at the very same time, as Rochelle mentioned, that the world enters into a new year, in the Christian calendar, this is called Epiphany Sunday. And in the dictionary, that word epiphany means an illuminating discovery. And for the church, the epiphany is the manifestation of Christ to the world. When the Magi bound down to worship the young child, the Christmas story continues today. These travelers who were far from God followed the light of the star, which in turn leads them to seek the Savior. Christ is worshiped by the far-off nations. And they are, these wise men, in a sense, are a picture of all of us, who are far away from God. And today, um, in a little while, we'll look at the story of Bartimaeus, someone else who was separated from the Savior and who saw him. And I hope, too, that for us, as we look at this story, that we, too, separated by 2,000 years, that we can still see him today. God is not content to remain aloof But he came to be with us, the heart of the Christmas story. Well, our kids uh, grew up with the Where's Waldo books. And for... It takes a while to find Waldo. It takes attention. And sometimes it's more tempting to give up. When our kids found Waldo on one page, we'd turn over another, and the curiosity and the seeking would begin once again. But can we let every day, every year of our life, be another page where God is present even though he is not instantly noticeable? God, present but not instantly noticeable. The Magi make an extended journey following a star. They go to King Herod, convinced that he would surely know where the new king was to be found. But Herod is totally unaware, and he's troubled, definitely not elated that there really is another king. But the magi continue their search, and with the guidance of a star and with the ancient scriptures, they find the king and they bend their knees and offer their precious gifts to the child of peasant parents. Think later in Jesus' life, when Jesus was teaching his disciples about the kingdom of God, and he asks, Don't you know me, even after I have been among you for such a long time? And then think of the resurrection story. Mary Magdalene goes to the garden looking for the place where the body of Jesus was and in fact speaks to Jesus thinking that he is the gardener. At every point in Jesus' life, you might not notice who he is. One Christian teacher said, If you find God with great ease... Perhaps it is not God that you have found. God says through the prophet Jeremiah, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Do you not get the picture of how this is a hard search, a fervent longing hunt for God, not just a casual look? Well, if you have your Bible handy, I invite you to turn to Mark chapter 10, and we want to look more closely at the story of blind Bartimaeus and his unlikely encounter with Jesus. So I'm going to want to read to you Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. Let's listen to these words from the scripture reading right now. Mark 10, 46 to 52. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside, begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David! Have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. And throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want for me to do for you? Jesus asked him. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received a sight and followed Jesus along the road. Let's think a little bit about this story. In verses 46 to 48, we read about Bartimaeus sitting by a roadside and calling out to the Lord. Two times in the passage, he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The Greek verb is imperfect. And so that implies a continuous crying out, even though it's mentioned that he cried out twice Uh, in the story, it was a repeated action. He just kept calling out over and over again, and the crowd sees this helpless man as a nuisance. And they got after him, and they just told him to be quiet. One quality of Bartimaeus was that he had persistent seeking. He was not going to let Jesus pass by without Hearing him. We don't know how long he had been sitting on the side of the road. Was it years that he was sitting there? But he just seemed to know that today was a new possibility because he heard that Jesus was passing by. He kept yelling, even though he did not see where Jesus was or when Jesus would pass by. But he had this desperate desire, this fervent longing to meet Jesus. Then note verses 49 to 52. And here we read about the Lord's call to Bartimaeus. There must have been other noises on the road. But Jesus hears his call and stops. There's no rebuke from the Lord telling him to be quiet but he starts by saying some of to some of the people close to the blind man call him and then the mood of the crowd changes as the crowd says to Bartimaeus cheer up on your feet he's calling you I have a question about this story who's calling who First part is Bartimaeus calling out to him, and then Jesus calling to Bartimaeus. Who's calling who? In the book, The Silver Chair, Eustace and Jill are running away from bullies. And when they are truly afraid, they call out to Aslan, and they are instantly transported to Narnia. But when they get there, Aslan says, he has a task for which he has called them. And Jill is very confused. Jill says, well, we were calling you. And then the lion says, you would not have called to me unless I had been calling to you. I pray that we can take great joy in this part of the message. In all of our sin, in all of our confusion... In all of your wandering away from God and my wandering, God is still calling us in his love. God is calling you. The story of the Bible isn't primarily about our desire for God, but it's God's desire for us. We love because he first loved us. The Bible is In the Bible story, the Lord does not just call the 12 disciples, but he calls Bartimaeus with his limitations, his blindness, not even being able to see him. And he is calling you. Notice verse 50. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet, Bartimaeus did, and came to Jesus. It seems like He wasn't wearing his outer cloak. It wasn't cold enough for that. But as he was begging, probably we think that he had that cloak laid out before him so that when people threw coins, that he could gather up his cloak at the end of the day with the coins that were there in order that he could survive for another day. But notice that he left his cloak behind. In the same way that the disciples left their fishing nets behind or their tax collecting jobs or they left their families to follow Jesus, the woman at the well was caught up with Jesus and left her water jug behind. And in that moment, as Bartimaeus left his cloak behind and ran forward, he was well on his way to becoming a follower of Jesus. Face to face, Jesus asks Bartimaeus in verse 51, What do you want me to do for you? If you have your Bibles open and you're looking some verses back at verse 36, Jesus says to James and John, What do you want me to do for you? The exact same words. And their answer, James and John say, Let one of us sit at your right, and the other at your left in glory. We'd like some of the prestige of being close to you, Jesus. We'd like to share some of your glory. We'd actually like a little bit of your power and and show that, that we have your power too. And Jesus replies, you don't know what you're asking. As the disciples then seem to admit their false and mixed-up motives, it gives God a chance to help them think and to grow and to, to sort it all out. And 15 verses later, he asks Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus is so clear and straightforward. You know, Lord, you know there's only one thing that I want. I want to see. I want you to picture Jesus looking at you. And Jesus is asking you, what do you want me to do for you? What would you ask him for? What is your heart's deepest desire? There are times that I see James and John in myself. But I'm glad that he's patient with me. Maybe you know instantly what you would ask Jesus for. Or maybe you need some stillness to ponder this question. This is not a trivial question. On the journey of discipleship, Jesus wants to know us, and he wants us to know ourselves. Jesus doesn't instantly heal without a conversation with Bartimaeus. He wants a relationship. And he wants a relationship with you so that he is ready to ask you these same questions. And after Bartimaeus responds, Jesus says, Go! Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight. And he followed Jesus along the road. Bartimaeus was blind, and now the first person that he sees is his healer. This blind man is healed both physically and spiritually. And here is the epiphany Christ is manifested to the nations, Christ is manifested to Bartimaeus. Notice that in verse 46, Bartimaeus is sitting by the roadside begging. And in verse 52, he is following Jesus along the road. Notice this very significant shift from being a bystander to being a participant. He became Jesus' disciple. And of course, this is a story of discipleship. An idea that I am continually drawn back to. How do I grow as a disciple? And how do I make disciples? This is a story of seeing and following. And my sermon title is based on verse 52. He received his sight and he followed Jesus along the road. Seeing and following. In 2021, do you want to be seeing and still following? How can we be disciples who are both seeing and following? And I want to talk with you about three applications of this story, this scripture reading that we've looked at. The first one is this. Here's the first application for seeing and following is, I want to encourage you in 2021 to gaze upon his beauty. If God were to ask King David, what do you want me to do for you? I think he would have answered with Psalm 27, verse four. One thing I ask from the Lord, laser focus. This only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Where are you gazing? Where are you gazing in 2021? It's more like this description in Psalm 27 is is not just a casual look, but it's like a lover's gaze. What do you want to see? The question is never, will I be a disciple? But whose disciple will I be? It takes effort to develop spiritual practices in our lives so that we might see God. But in the Christian life, we will discover that spending time in prayer and stillness, spending time in scripture, are ways of seeing God and gazing on His beauty. Now, some of us are morning people. Some of us can't wait to get up in the morning. Some of us are night people. We just don't want to go to bed and we don't want to turn the light out and we want to keep reading longer. Some of us meet more with God in nature. Others of us really connect with God through a fervent and deep study. Others of us meet with God through listening to music and hearing God's voice as we As we sing or hum a tune, some of us pray while kneeling, some of us while sitting, and some of us pray while going for a long walk. Some of us thrive on group learning, and others of us come alive with God in the quietness of our own rooms. Some of us have young children and can hardly find a quiet moment. Some of us are living alone and almost feel like we have too much quiet. But for this upcoming season, 2021, with your unique personality, with your own schedule, where will you find your moments to see and to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord in 2021? Do you want to see him? Let me say this. If your desire is weak, ask God to increase your desire. Ask God that your desire might grow. There's a rabbi who taught that experiences of God can never be planned or achieved. They are spontaneous moments of grace, almost accidental Then his student asked, Rabbi, if God realization is accidental, why do we work so hard doing all these practices? And the rabbi replied, to be as accident prone as possible. Will you gaze on his beauty? I think that's what Bartimaeus did when he first saw the Lord. But the second application is this, and it may sound so simple, but let me say it. Love one another. I want to reflect with you on uh, 1 John 4, because again, we're thinking about this whole idea of seeing and following. 1 John 4.12 says this, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. And his love is made complete in us. In the Old Testament, we read that Moses saw the Lord and talked with him face to face. Or Isaiah saw the Lord seated in the temple. What magnificent, majestic visions of God. You think of Moses where he had to wear a veil to cover his face because his face glowed so much, meeting with the Lord. The disciple John walked with Jesus and saw Jesus. But here John is saying that none of us have ever seen God. See, we've never seen God in all of his glory. We get glimpses of his glory. We see God through Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God, who makes him accessible. But this verse hints at the idea that the way to see God is simply to love each other. How can I see God in 2021? John says, no one's ever seen God, but if we love one another. God lives in us. Discipleship is more than just dispensing information. We have no shortage of information in this world. None whatsoever. But we do have a shortage of Jesus' kind of love. As much as I knew last year that I am to love one another, this call to love one another is very real once again today. And something that is still incomplete in my life, something that I still need to learn more about and to go deeper in as I learn to love my family, my community around me, the church and the world. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. Now, this is something that I can pursue more of in 2021. This is something that I can develop more of in 2021. No command is simpler and no command is more difficult than this very one that we have just stated. And as we learn to love, we see him more. Third application is this. Live each day with an anticipation of something more. For now, we see only a reflection in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Here is the Apostle Paul writing this letter to encourage the church the Corinthian church, he has, Paul has this wonderful relationship with God. And he realizes that what he sees of God right now is amazing and beautiful, but it is still incomplete. As though through a tarnished and imperfect mirror, the only kind of mirror that they had in that day. It's like for us saying, phone calls And video chats are a wonderful thing. But I can't wait till this is over. And I can see you all face to face. Today we have the joy of knowing him. And yet we long for him to change us more. It's like this. The better we get to know him, the more we miss him. And we can seek to make a difference here in this world even as we hunger for heaven. That longing of one day seeing Jesus face to face, seeing God face to face. For the Christian, heaven is where Jesus is. We don't have to speculate as much as what heaven is going to be like as much as we are going to be with him and we will see him. And we can see more of him today. And even now, the table is prepared. And Christ longs to meet us here. So let's prepare our hearts now for the communion table. And I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Nathan to come up as we get ready to receive the bread and the wine.